reading. It's a habit that has transformed lives throughout history. For some, it's a beloved pastime, an escape from the daily grind. For others, it's a chore, a task to be endured. But for pastors, do we ever think that for them, it's not just a leisure activity, but a duty and responsibility? Welcome to MarsCast, a podcast from Mid-America Reformed Seminary where our faculty members address all things theological and cultural from a Reformed lens. I'm your host, Jared Luchibor. In today's episode, Reverend Paul Ipema considers the responsibility of the pastor to read. A responsibility to not only feed his own spirit, but an activity that allows him to take what he's read to nourish his own congregation. So, whether you're a faithful parishioner or a devoted shepherd, listen carefully to Reverend Ipema as he describes how reading can be an aid to your ministry and help deepen your habits with engaging God's Word. I'm Paul Ipema, Assistant Professor of Ministerial Studies at Mid-America Reform Seminary. On today's podcast, I'd like to talk for a few moments about the pastor and his reading habits. Um, many of you listening who are not in pastoral ministry uh, may be thinking that your pastor reads often. He reads widely. Uh, he reads uh, for his own enjoyment, uh, that he loves to read. But I think you'd be surprised to find out how little pastors read beyond the bare necessities. If you were to ask pastors, how much reading do you do beyond the bare minimum for writing your sermons or preparing for a Bible study or preparing for catechism instruction. You might be surprised at how narrow that reading is, how limited it is, and uh, how much uh, of reading is restricted by many other activities, uh, some of which are not edifying to the minister or to the ministry, and things which prevent him from reading as uh, he ought to. Um, and so I want to encourage pastors uh, to think about their reading habits, and I want to encourage elders and others to encourage your pastors to read, um, to make that a joy for them. And I think you'll find that it will turn out to be a great blessing to their pastoral ministry. Um, I think we need to be realistic, however, about what kind of reading or how extensive that reading will be. I mean, sometimes if you read uh, stories of, of great preachers or important figures in church history, you discover that they were voracious readers. Uh, just to give you one example, uh, the great Baptist preacher Charles Spurgeon, it was said, typically read five books a week. And that was in addition to all his other uh, pastoral work. Uh, which included editing sermons that would be sent around the world, um, conducting classes in the, uh, the, the preaching school, um, making visitation, uh, caring for those in orphanages. Uh, it was phenomenal the amount of energy that Spurgeon had to be able to do all of those things. And he's not the only one. There are others as well. I know of, of contemporary examples of of pastors or leaders in the church who read at that same level. They're reading several uh, books a week. They're digesting that. Uh, but that is probably unrealistic to expect for most pastors. 
not only because of their busy schedules, but also because of their ability to digest that amount of, of information by reading in a typical week. But I do want to uh, encourage pastors to think about their reading habits uh, beyond simply reading the scripture. Now, having said that, I want to make very clear that, uh, of course, the first thing and the most important thing that every pastor ought to be reading is the Bible. The Bible is the book with which he works primarily. It is the basis of his preaching ministry, the basis of his entire pastoral ministry. And uh, perhaps in a different podcast, we can talk about um, the practice of reading Scripture in an edifying way, not simply for sermon preparation, but for one's own uh, spiritual benefit, um, for gaining new insights into into the Scriptures, and for feeding one's old own soul um, for personal and pastoral work. Um, but beyond that, uh, if, if a pastor is reading the Scriptures faithfully and digesting what the scriptures have to say. What should the, the pastor be reading beyond that? And uh, I would say, first of all, pastors should be encouraged to think strategically about their reading. As with many things in ministry, uh, if, if one does not think strategically about what a pastor is going to do in a typical year or six months or every quarter, uh, those things often get neglected. They are overlooked because we're simply too busy uh, to, to start doing something we haven't given thought to, we haven't prepared for, we haven't laid out in a plan. So let me encourage you pastors who are listening to think about in the typical year, uh, what sort of reading do you want to do? What sort of reading do you think you need to do? Um, read with that strategy in mind. Uh, read with a, a view to uh, your own deficiencies in ministry or in your understanding of history or your understanding of what's happening in the culture. Uh, reading will help us understand better understand the culture and how others have tried to interact with that culture, whether it be from a Christian perspective or a non-Christian perspective. I think there's great value uh, in a pastor reading that. Uh, reading has the benefit, of course, of of building us up, of filling us with language and with imagery that we can use in our pastoral ministry, in particular in our preaching ministry. Uh, I'm reminded of the book uh, by Neil Planinga on reading for preaching, and I would encourage you, if you've not read that book, to read that book. Uh, you may not agree with every suggestion he gives in terms of the kind of reading uh, that is that is illustrated there, but I think the point that he makes is a valid one. It's an important one that uh, pastors, if they want to be uh, faithful servants of the word in terms of communicating that word, in terms of bringing the the message of Scripture uh, to God's people in the 21st century, we have to do that by using language that draws people's attention, that keeps the the Word of God uh, fresh in their minds. And we recognize, of course, that the Holy Spirit uh, does that work through his illumination and through the application of that Word in the heart. But the means he uses is the preaching of the Word. And the preacher is to be the communicator. He is the one who brings that Word. He is to craft that Word. And if he's not skilled in crafting the Word, if it's dull, if it's dreary, 
if it's monotonous. Uh, it will not have the effect desired by the pastor, and the people will suffer as a result of it. So what sort of plan should we think about in terms of the pastor's reading? Uh, I would say that in addition to thinking strategically and reading strategically, one should read widely. And by widely, I mean uh, reading in a number of different subjects, uh, reading not just theology, but also uh, reading in history, reading the great classics of, of literature, becoming familiar with that conversation, that dialogue uh, that the great writings of, of literature uh, bring to us. Uh, I think it's important to, to be in touch with what's happening around us in the world and how we understand the culture in which our people live and we ourselves live in. So I would say read widely and think about that in terms of how you plan your reading year. Perhaps in uh, more of your leisure time, you'll read things like novels. And I would say read, read the classic novel, start with that. And then you will discover also what sort of novels, what sort of literature you find most edifying, most helpful to you. There are certain writers or certain genres that are helpful to you. Keep reading those. And in terms of theology, uh, I think about this now as a professor, as someone teaching seminarians. Um, there's only so much we can teach in the course of a three-year study at seminary. Uh, students cannot be expected to digest everything on a given subject in their class whether it's uh, theology proper, Christology, pastoral studies, biblical studies, church history. Um, I think of it this way, that uh, as teachers, our responsibility is to, to point our students in the right direction for reading so that once they're in the pastorate, they can uh, take up that uh, task of reading and uh, continue on from what they've learned, what they've just begun to learn in seminary. Certainly, we don't want to give the impression that by the time we finish seminary, we've, we've arrived at our final destination in terms of our reading. We have nothing more to learn. There's no growth necessary. Uh, we recognize there are many gaps, many deficiencies. There are many things that still need to be read, still many things to be reflected upon. And as we grow older and mature and gain experience in the ministry, uh, we will find that um, there's still much more that we need to learn. So I, I would encourage pastors, for example, to think about uh, the main divisions of the theological encyclopedia, of uh, biblical studies, of historical studies, of systematic theology and practical theology, and think about what gaps there are, what areas uh, you need to address in your own life. I when I look at catalogs, for example, from uh, Christian book publishers, uh, oftentimes the things that attract pastors are, are books that uh, deal with practical application of ministry or uh, one's personal uh, ministry, personal life, uh, personal development, all of which are important, but um, I think it's much broader what needs to be read. I think, uh, again, going back to the classics, are you reading, have you read the, uh, the classics that really form the basis of much of the uh, theological discussion over the centuries? If you haven't, start reading. Uh, don't limit yourself simply to one tradition. 
Uh, I tell students when I would mention a name of a theologian that they may not particularly like or they find questionable, sometimes they would say, why do you want us to read that or why would we read that? Uh, To which I answer, if we only read the things that we agree with entirely, our libraries would be quite small. Uh, I think that we we should read and uh, learn from others, even those with whom we disagree, to understand what it is they're trying to say and why is it that we find perhaps elements of that problematic. But certainly there is, uh, there is gold to be mined from many other sources beyond those that we would consider strictly Reformed or strictly Orthodox uh, in their theology. But certainly start with uh, the classics of Reformed theology. Read them. Uh, read their contributions to uh, theological discussion and grow from that. But be, be systematic. Be diligent in your studies. Um, and I would say with other literature as well, um, choose a wide range of things to read about and, and to grow from and to interact perhaps with other colleagues. Uh, perhaps it would be appropriate or fitting and edifying to, to meet together as a group of pastors to, to discuss or work through a, a specific book. Maybe it's a book of theology. Maybe it's a book related to pastoral ministry, something on a more uh, practical level. Uh, whatever it is, I, I think it's, it's useful to have those kind of discussions and to uh, exchange ideas, to bounce ideas off one another, to, to be able to encourage and build one another up in terms of applying these things to our own lives personally and then pastorally as well. Um, I fear that if, if we don't make a practice of thinking uh, systematically and strategically about reading, um, we will wither uh, spiritually and pastorally, we will wither on the vine, as it were. Uh, we need a regular um, uh, diet of, of reading, a regular diet of understanding uh, how language can be used as an effective tool to convey the, the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ in ways that uh, are new and fresh, ways that are vivid, um, just to give you one example, again, looking at the s- sermons of Charles Spurgeon, uh, what, makes, what makes those sermons uh, unique and powerful is uh, the vividness of his, of his language. He, he almost, as it were, preaches in a language that's meant to, to convey uh, imagery. Uh, his description of things is powerful. No, I think we ought not to underestimate the effectiveness of that in terms of um, communicating the gospel to others. And language can be very useful. Uh, Planning on his book even mentions the, uh, the discipline of, of reading poetry. Um, not everyone loves poetry, and I find that if a person was not trained well in poetry in grade school or high school, they may not develop a love for it as adults. But whatever the case may be, read, read widely, read often, and it will be truly a blessing to you and to many others. If you're not a pastor but a congregant, we have a challenge for you. 
take a moment to ask your pastor what books he's currently reading. Encourage him, support him, and remind him that the habit of reading is not just a solitary pursuit, but is of great benefit for the church at large. If you enjoyed this episode of MarsCast, please consider subscribing and telling others who may be interested. Your support allows us to keep producing engaging content and build a thoughtful community of lifelong learners and thoughtful practitioners. I'm Jared Lujabor signing off for now. See you on the next episode of MarsCast as Reverend Ipema dives deep into the issue of the pastor and Sabbath keeping. Till next time.